right, welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool Podcast. I am Justin. And I'm Josh. And uh, yeah, welcome back. Um, we're pretty excited about this one. Um, I'll tell you the reason being in a second. Um, what's been going on? You know, not too much. Yeah, we've been kind of out of the loop for a while. It's been about a month. So how about those blues? How about those blues? This is going to be, um, well, it's the playoff time and uh, we're just really excited. Of course, we both expect them to lose and not make it past the first round, but um, clearly, typical Blues fan. Cautiously optimistic is what I like to tell people. Um, so, so the first thing we're going to talk about today, like normal, is uh, kind of what we just nerded out on. Um, so, I'm going to start, or do you want to start? I can start. Okay, you start. We'll switch it up this time. Okay. So, what I've just been nerding out on, my wife and I have been watching a show called Veep. And Veep is an HBO show. It stars Julia Dreyfus as Vice President Selena Meyer. I think of her in Christmas Vacation. I know I'm not a Seinfeld guy, so it's kind of like sacrilege. But yeah, I, I don't watch Seinfeld, so that's I don't picture her as who is she in Seinfeld again? I mean, she's uh, Elaine. Yeah, Elaine Bennis. Yeah, I don't watch Seinfeld. It's not my not my thing. Well, so. Do you remember her character's name in Margot? I don't know Margot. Yeah. So anyway. There are seven seasons on HBO. Uh, my wife and I were in season two. The last episode we watched last night was called The Vic Allen Dinner, in which Vice President Selena Meyer is kind of upset that the White House releases an unflattering photo of her. So basically the whole premise of this show is her and her lackeys are kind of idiots. And it's just looking at the day-to-day life of people in Washington, D.C., and they're trying to uncover the scandals and then cover them back up. That they do. I mean, it's a political satire, but it's closer than we think, right? Yeah, I mean, for example, I, I found this quote from uh, Tommy Veter is his name. He's a former Obama aide. And he said, the funny thing about Veep is we, as people who worked in the White House, always get asked, okay, what's the most real? Is it House of Cards? Is it West Wing? And he says, he says, the answer is, it's Veep. Because you guys nail the fragility of the egos and the, like, the day-to-day idiocy of the decision-making. So that's kind of funny to me, thinking that, hey, like that's what's going on. So, yeah, great show. Um, if you want to watch it, it's on HBO Go. Yeah, and my favorite character in the show, because my wife and I watch it, we are actually all the way caught up. Um, well, we're not watching the last season yet, because we like to binge them all at the same time. Elitist, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever you want to call it. It's just, I think it's make, making most use of our time. Efficiency. Um, so, my favorite character is Jonah. Jonah Ryan. He is hilarious, yes. So apparently um, the, the creator, Armando Lanucci, uh, based his character um, on a visit he had one time at the White House. Uh, and basically he walked in, asked the staffer uh, where they could meet, and the staffer just made a huge deal about how busy he was, even though he was already supposed to meet with the Obama and his assistant and everything. And so Jonah is like this really, I, I don't know, uh, how, do you, how do you describe him, like, narcissistic but also like very insecure like last night he was his office was in a a storage closet last night and he was so excited to get his executive parking that thing got taken away but yeah yeah he just is kind of a bumbling idiot and but he always he acts like he's very important and he's always just incredible he acts like he's been on like he's had like 10 cups of coffee um and just drops f-bombs like it's Mm -hmm. style anyway my my favorite character is um dan just because of his this scheming, scheming, conniving, etc. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of a jerk, but in a, in a funny way. 
Yeah, so what about you guys? What have you been nerding out on lately? So, well, I've been watching this show called The Tick, and it's on um, Amazon Prime. You all watch it, right? I don't, but I do remember when we were at Comic-Con two years ago, there was a big tent about it. So, Yeah, so it came out in August 2018. Um, they just finished season two, and it stars uh, Peter, I'm going to mess this name up, Sarah Finowitz. You know, as a teacher, you should have these name pronunciations down by now. That's true. You're like 15 years in. So, so uh, yeah, that's, that's accurate. Um, but, uh, you know, he's from the Guardians of the Galaxy, if, you ever, if you've ever seen that movie. Um, it's also got Valerie Curie, uh, who plays Dot. Have you ever seen the show The Following? I have. All right. So, With Kevin Bacon? Yeah, so she's the, uh, the, the, like the, the main um, antagonist with Joe. The serial killer? Show, yeah, that like, helps break him out. The oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Short mm-hmm. So she's in that show. Um, there's another guy called Brennan, or named Brennan Hines. He's, he's named Superior, and he's from Lie to Me. With also Kimber. a pretty interesting show. Oh, that show was great. I was really sad when that guy canceled. But um, So this show is basically about a, um, a superhero that is in the shape of a tick, and he, is, he can't remember um, anything about his past. Um, and he essentially is trying to uh, unravel all these mysteries in a world that already where superheroes already exist. Um, it's funny. It's sarcastic. It's pretty ridiculous. It's very random. Um, just to kind of give you an idea of how the Tick acts, his uh, his first claim when they ask him how how strong are you, he says, "I am the strength. I have the strength of ten, perhaps twenty men. A crowded bus stop of men." He just makes random references and just says random things, and it just really cracks me up. Good. That's I'll check it out. It's on my list. Yeah, if any of you guys out there are superhero fans, you will enjoy this show a lot um, because it's fantastic. Cool. All right, so let's move on to kind of the meat of the show today, which is our full nerd section that we like to call it. And it started out as book-to-movie adaptations and good or bad, but we're going to call it, as you coined it, which I really like, Tom Cruise movie adaptations from books. Yeah, it was funny because we both just said, okay, pick pick one that you really want to want to do and talk about, a book that you've read, a movie that you're into. Um, and when we were going over our notes of who picked what, we both chose movies with Tom Cruise in them. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious, but I mean, he's a great actor. So, so we thought before we reveal our two, we're going to talk about, he's actually been in a lot of movies that were uh, adaptations from novels. So... Um, here they are. Okay, so we've got Endless Love. Justin, have you seen that one? I have not seen that one. No, me um, We've got Jack Reacher, Oblivion, which is based on a graphic novel. We have Cocktail and War of the Worlds. Uh, the Outsiders, um, The Firm by John Grisham. Oh, such a good book and movie. So good. Uh, we've got Interview with the Vampire, Edge of Tomorrow, and The Color of Money. So... Which of these? Actually, you know what? Real quick, there are also a couple other ones. Uh, Minority Report was uh, based on a short story, and then Born on the Fourth of July was loosely based on an article. So, of all those, which of these are your favorites? So, I have read or seen Jack Reacher, which we're going to get into a little bit later. War of the Worlds, The Outsider, and The Firm. And now that I didn't even think about The Firm, but that that's probably my favorite. I I love the book. And the movie. So good. They're just both so good. Uh, what about you? I, you know, I cracked up that Cocktail was a book. Um, I, I, I mean, I like that movie a lot. I could, I have never seen that movie. So oh, it's, it's fantastic. Cocktails and Dreams. Is it like an 80s or 90s cruise era oh, movie? It's a classic 80s yeah. movie, for sure. Um, 
And uh, Edge of Tomorrow is one that um, it kind of seemed like it would be from a, from a novel, but the movie itself, and they're making a sequel soon. Have you seen that one? I've seen the – is that the one? I know there's a couple where he, like, it can it keeps going over and over again. Yeah, I think the actual tagline for the original movie was, like, live, die, repeat. Yeah, okay. I, I haven't – I've seen, like, a couple minutes on DNT. I've never seen the whole movie. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um, and then, like, you know, Born on the Fourth of July is incredible, obviously. Um, Good old Oliver Stone flick there. Yeah, and then Color of Money, uh, I don't know if I like that one or The Hustler better, but I but I do like them both. Cool. So, all right, so what do you, so you already kind of revealed the spoiler. So which one are you going to talk about today? Yeah, I'm going to talk about the movie and the book Jack Reacher. Okay, so the book that this movie was adapted from is called One Shot, and it is part of the Jack Reacher series written by Lee Child. It's the ninth novel in the series. This book was published in 2005, and so far there's been at least 23 novels in the series. So if any of you are bookworms out there and you're looking for a, a series to get into, there's 23 here. I mean, that's a lot of books since 2005. Well, this is the ninth novel. And so I think the first, Killing Floor was the first one that came out in like 99. This book was published in 2005 as the ninth. That's still like, a, yeah. that's over a book of a year. Yeah. Yeah, he flies through them. <laughs> Some of them, you know, I mean... It's not my favorite book series. He kind of does a lot of unbelievable things from time to time, but it's a good series. Um, So kind of just some background. Jack Reacher is a former elite military policeman who has turned into a vagabond, and he legitimately, he doesn't have a house. He just kind of roams around the United States. He just buys his clothes in each town that he goes to. And um, he goes to different towns in America, and he finds bad guys, and and he beats them up. He always seems to find trouble. The basic plot of the book and of the movie is a sniper murders five people in a small town. They blame it on a former United States Army sniper named James Barr. When he is arrested, he asks for Jack Reacher. Reacher shows up. Classic detective story kind of begins to realize that, hey, this is not everything it seems. That's the book. He's figuring out what happened. Right. And and so in the movie... um you know, again, stars Tom Cruise, as we mentioned before. Uh, Rosamund Pike as Helen. Uh, David Oyelowo as Emerson. Yes, good. Did I get that right? All right, and Robert Duvall as Cash. Um, and there are actually, so there, there have been two Jack Reacher films so far, and Lee Child, the writer, um, the author, I should say, uh, makes cameos in both. Uh, in the first, he's the police, or she? He. Okay, that's, that's why I thought mm-hmm. I said he, and then I... Some reason overthought it. He's a British guy, so it's kind of interesting that he writes about an American yeah. character. So he is a police officer in the first film, and in the second, he's a transportation security officer. So he might must like playing officers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed by Christopher McQuarrie, and uh, it was came out in 2012, and it is ranked seven out of ten on IMDb. And I think that's a good spot for it. Okay, so let's get into the storyline. Kind of like changes from the storyline to the book. And, excuse me, the romantic interests are are switched around for Hollywood. In the novel, the lawyer who Reacher meets when he gets to the small town, who is played by Rosamund Pike, in the novel, she is not a love interest. In the movie, they make her a love interest. I mean, Hollywood's got a... Always, you know, spice things up a little bit. 
some differences in the final confrontation in the book. In the book, sorry, Reacher must travel through a freezing cold field in order to lower his body temperature so they can't see him with thermal imaging. Again, in the movie, this does not happen. And again, that's one of those kind of almost unbelievable things that Lee Child has a lot in his books. Yeah, it's probably hard to make that happen in, on screen. Yeah. It's a lot easier just to describe it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hand-to-hand combat in the uh, book. Um, he uses knives to kill people, bare hands a lot. Whereas in the movie, it's a lot, you know, again, more Hollywood, a lot of weapons. Um, just things blow up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then for for villains in the books, two villains are left alive. He leaves them alive to go to trial. In the book, or in the movie, I'm sorry, Reacher just kills everybody. Tom Cruise leaves nobody behind in his wake. I mean, that's better. That's better. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Cruise doesn't mess around. We know that. So, so speaking of Tom Cruise, um, you know, one big issue, I know Josh has especially, is that in the book, Jack Reacher is this massive six foot five, 250-pound, blonde-haired guy, just, just a, enormous. Um, Tom Cruise is 5'7", and, you know, he's muscular and whatnot, uh, but that's a pretty stark difference. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I think that's every Reacher fan – when the when the movie was coming out, when you saw that they casted Cruz, you're kind of like, well, I mean, he's a good action hero, but he's not Jack Reacher. Ten inches is a big difference. Yeah, I mean, for sure. So then um, a different James Barr, kind of the army sniper who was accused of murdering everybody. In the book, he wakes up halfway through it, and he's kind of more of a bigger character. In the movie, he doesn't really wake up um, until after the majority of the movie is over and the final scene has already happened. He's in the hospital, so it's not really a a big help. There are some missing characters in the movie. One of them is a former love interest of Reacher, who is now a brigadier general in the book, and then an ambitious newswoman. Oh, say that word again. Brigadier. 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 You made fun of me about oh, you know pronunciation of names. So. Brigadier, and I should know that. I'm a history buff, too. Mm-hmm. So, well, you got me. <laughs> and an ambitious newswoman who's investigating the crime. So, I think probably, I mean, they're not huge characters in the book, but they're noticeably missing. Probably just don't want the love triangle that would come along with it if you already have Rosamund Pike's character as a love interest. Is Rosamund Pike her character at all like a newswoman? She's a lawyer. Okay, yeah. Right. So, so they didn't even try and combine mm-hmm. characters, yeah. which they do sometimes. Um, some similarities. I mean, most of the movie sticks with the storyline and the book. Um, the, you know, the villain is in the end. A way I like to think about this, just to kind of close up my nerding out until we get to our facts, is it's best to think of the movie as a separate event. Like the movie is good. The book is good, but the problem, again, what we just discussed, and you guys are going to get tired of me complaining about this, is Cruz's reacher just is not foreseeable, and it really makes them almost two completely different stories. So he's just not believable. Just again, you know, he's not a big 6'5". He just can't pull it off. Yeah. So... Well, um, I think that you're not the only one who agree, agrees with that. Um, Lee Child also agrees. Um, they are currently developing a new show, and Tom Cruise is not going to reprise the role. And, and he said, there won't be any more movies with Tom Cruise. Cruise, for all his talent, didn't have that physicality. Which, you know, 
Makes sense. Apparently, he said that uh, you know Jack Reacher's hands are supposed to be the size of dinner plates, which doesn't really fit with yeah. uh, Tom Cruise. Um, during the film, again, some more nerd facts. He actually did all of his stunt driving. He does a lot of his stunts. Yeah, I think Tom Cruise. Is, I mean, I believe he flew the planes and and uh, Top Gun, which is an all-time cra- great cruise, and then. If you saw Mission Impossible last summer, he did all those stunts in that yeah. movie. So yeah, there's an amazing one where he's hanging from the side of a plane. Yeah, was that, yeah. that was two ago. That you know, I think that's a future podcast right there. Mission Impossible movies. So yeah. Um, the source novel for the book get for the movie is called One Shot. Another nerd fact that I thought was very interesting: the source novel One Shot specifically references. Um, the film A Few Good Men. He doesn't say the name, but in the novel, Reacher reflects upon a line of dialogue which is spoken by Jack Nicholson's character, which I just thought was so cool. Um, yeah, you've Tom, seen a few. I'm sure you've seen A Few Good Men. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because Tom, yeah, Tom Cruise is in that movie, and it's 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 amazing. Yeah, this is just like Tom Cruise Day. It's so you know, everything's coming up Tom Cruise uh, except for his height. Um, <laughs> So a couple other characters, or people, or I should say actors, that um, auditioned for the role, or at least considered for the role of Jack Reacher, um, was Brad Pitt, Hugh Jackman, Vince Vaughn, Jamie Foxx, and also Will Smith. Any of those that you would have you would have picked? You know, I think Vince Vaughn would have been a cool Jack Reacher. Really? I know he's a comedy guy, but I don't know if you watched True Detective. He was in that show in season two, and I thought he did a really good. He's big. I think he could have pulled it off. Hugh Jackman is a big guy as well. I don't see Brad Pitt. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I saw that season two um, of True Detective as well, and I don't know. I, I guess I picture more Hugh Jackman, but I'm not sure how tall Hugh Jackman. That's is. my thing. I don't know how big he is, but he's pretty ripped out. So yeah. I think he would be scary. Um, just some final nerd facts here. The movie was the start of a relationship between Cruz and McQuarrie, and with McQuarrie has directed and written the past two Mission Impossible movies, and he directed the movie Edge of Tomorrow as well. And then, just finally, in the movie, Reacher has scars on his body when he is shirtless. Those scars he received from other novels in the Reacher series. So, so you 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 clearly. <laughs> Macquarie, I mean, with two Mission Impossible movies, you need to see Edge of Tomorrow. I do. Yeah, it's on my list for sure. All right, good. Come May 6th when my class is over that my students who listen know about, I will be watching a lot of TV. All right. So, all right. Good. So Add that on the list. Yeah. Justin, let's, uh, let's get moving on to yours. Yeah, so I chose the book and film titled Interview with a Vampire. Um, and you have seen this movie, correct? Yeah, it's been a long time. I barely remember it. So, right. well, you're gonna learn a lot today. Um, it is based on well, it's it's based on Anne Rice's The Vampire Chronicles, which is a series of novels, um, basically from the perspective of various vampires across centuries, right? Yep. So there are a lot of them. Um, first of all, this book um, was published in 1976 by Anne Rice. Did I, did I say Anne Rice? I already said Anne Rice, right? Yes. Um, she has actually published 35 novels so far. Um, 18 of them I've read. Have you read any? I have not read any. Um, they're pretty good. They're, uh, 
I mean, they're definitely a unique take on kind of just supernatural things and, and vampires especially. Do any of them sparkle? They do not sparkle. No. Which is, okay. which is a nice, uh, I wouldn't call it a twist. I feel like that was the twist that they sparkle. <laughs> um, but a couple of the ones I haven't read, one's about uh, Ramses the Dead. And then um, she also kind of put together some novels about Christ. Um, I don't know if you, do you remember hearing about those at all? No. They, I mean, they no. were pretty controversial. It was just kind of a new spin on, on Christ when he was born, or, and I think his life, and I think um, also based on his death. Um, which is, was, is Christ a vampire in the book? No, he, well, no he's, as far oh, as okay, I know. That sounds pretty sacrilege for well, that me. Well, was, that was what was so interesting is that he, she you know, had written all these novels about supernatural creatures and, and vampires and witches, and then she decided to write multiple novels on, on Christ. And, yeah, they were, I think, relatively well-received. Um, hmm. Yeah, just interesting. Um, so this book is based on a short story that Rice wrote in 1968. Um, again, it was published in 76, so you know, eight years later. It's her debut novel. Um, it's the first of the Vampire Chronicles, of course, as well. And it tells the story. It actually tells the, pers- the story from the perspective of Louis, um, a vampire who is over 200 years old, and he's telling his story to a reporter. So that's, that's the book. Cool. So the movie is also titled, titled, titled Interview with the Vampire. The movie was released in 1994. It starred Brad Pitt as Louis. Tom Cruise as Lestat. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Lestat. Kristen Slater as Daniel the Reporter. Kirsten Dunst as Claudia. And Antonio Banderas as Armand. It's Antonio Banderas. Or Puss in Boots is who I know him as. (laughs) He's great. You know, I I actually watched Puss in Boots, the Netflix TV series, you know. I like him in Desperado. Good one. And uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico as well. We could just talk about Antonio Banderas. All day. Yeah, it sounds like another podcast. We're getting all of our ideas out and out here. And then the movie was directed by Neil Jordan, who also directed The Crying Game. So what's interesting about this film and book is that, you know, Lestat is essentially the main character through the entire Vampire Chronicles. Um, But in this first novel, it's told from the perspective of Louis, and so he's essentially telling about how he was turned – his interactions with Lestat, who does do the turning, I guess. Um, and so it's just a unique twist, and it, it's, it's very different than all of the rest of the novels in the book series. Um, and I chose this one because, well, there have been other... There was, there was another uh, movie adaptation, um, Queen of the Damned, that kind of combined... Do you remember, you remember I, I remember Aaliyah. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, Aaliyah, yeah. she was in it, um, and it combined... Actually, book two, which is called The Vampire Lestat and Queen of the Damned, into one film. Is I, Tom Cruise in? He's not. No. Okay. Um, and I'm going to blank on the name of the person who plays Lestat in that in that one. But it wasn't very good, and so I chose to do this one instead. Um, so there are some changes definitely that happen in the book compared to the movie. Um, first of all, in the book, Louis is essentially – well, really, in the book and the movie, he is just, just really depressed the whole time he's just sad mopes around hates being immortal um he didn't even like being alive in the um in the movie he's depressed because his wife and daughter died but in the book it was because his brother died after they had an argument um and Anne rice was the one who made these changes um but i don't think it really um i'm not sure it really helped i don't know yeah but who knows 
Um, there's actually a whole part of the book where Louis and Claudia kind of travel and they find these vampires in Transylvania. That doesn't happen in the movie. They just kind of skip past it. Um, another part they kind of skip past in the film. Um, and again, this just kind of develops the characters more. Uh, Lestat was involved with the theater of the vampires um, where a couple of the characters get killed. And in the movie, there's just no mention or even attempt to allude to that happening. Um, and, you know, the other the other thing that they just kind of change is that in the books, Louis and Armand are, like, kind of hooking up. Um, whereas in the, in the movie, I think he, Armand's trying to, you know, seduce him or at least get him to join his side, but um, to no avail. Hmm. You know, I think that's – you mentioned earlier about – you're lacking character development. I think that's why I prefer books. If I read the book first, especially, you just get that character development. So it's, I'm kind of a book nerd worm anyway, but yeah, I mean, you lose that character development in a two hour movie that you get in a book. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough to do. And like there, there, especially a film or in a book like this, especially the novel that is, um, it's really, I mean, it's kind of a romantic. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of emotions going on. There's, a, there's just a lot of deeper meaning, and it's hard to convey that, um, you know, on film. Yeah, so then some other changes. Um, in the movie, they shed blood tears when they cry. That doesn't happen in the book. And then also, Claudia uses poison victims to weaken Lestat in her attempt to kill people. Or to kill him, I should say. The idea of dead blood doing anything but making vampires feel ill belongs solely to the movie. That doesn't happen in the book. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a unique twist on how uh, Claudia was able to poison Lestat. Um, yeah, it didn't really happen. Um, so, again, back to this, uh, this reoccurring theme. Tom, we love you, before we say this. Um, well, yeah, so Tom Cruise is, is supposed to be this six foot kind of you know large man um and uh again he's he's only five seven so yeah that's hard to convey uh claudia who again is played by kirsten dunce in the book she's only six years old so she's this really young young kid um but in the movie she's actually 12 um and then another, another change and this i'm sure this has to do with ca casting and again i really like the cast in the film but armand is a redheaded teenager and, and Antonio Banderas is definitely not... He is most definitely not a red-headed teenager. He is not either of those two things you would ever use to describe him. <laughs> um, so, a couple other things that, that flying happens that in the book that doesn't happen until later on... Or I'm sorry, flying happens in the movie. That doesn't happen until way later on in the novels. Um, and then also in the end of the movie, um, spoiler alert, Daniel the Reporter um, gets turned, and that doesn't happen until, like, book... I don't even know book ten or something like that in the uh, in the series. So big changes there, but there are a lot of similarities. And quite honestly, like even though we give we've been giving Tom Cruise a lot of trouble for his his stature, um, he honestly did an amazing part. Like when I when I've read all the novels since then, like I kind of picture him acting out those scenes. You know, you know, you know that's yeah. that ever happened to you with mm -hmm. actors. Yeah, mm -hmm. you read the books later on, or like you know sequels or whatever it is and you're like yeah i totally picture that character and same thing with brad pitt um like he is he is just so sad <laughs> and he does such a great job conveying that um brad pitt's a pretty darn good actor really for the yeah. most part i mean tom cruise is a good actor so yeah you couldn't go wrong with the cast i mean the cast is pretty in 
incredible, to be honest with you. Um, and then the entire storyline, quite frankly, is pretty similar. I mean, there are some main changes that I already mentioned there, but it doesn't actually really change what happens throughout the film um, or throughout the book. So, you know, in the movie and the book, L Lestat turns Louis because he's sad. They have these great adventures together. They're friends. And then Louis starts becoming depressed and is questioning, like, the idea of being immortal. Um, and then there's a conflict. Um, and eventually Louis goes his own way. And kind of near the end of the film and also near the end of the novel, they have a moment where they kind of reconnect, but not the reconnection that Lestat wants. And then now we've got the two characters kind of going separately, both on film um, and also in the novel. And... The novel, The Vampire of the Stat, really just explains like his background and kind of what happens next. And quite frankly, like, well, you know, I'll get to my recommendation here at the end. Uh, let's talk some nerd facts about. Okay. Films. All right. So. So I know I've been talking a lot. So sorry, you get to hear my voice again. Um, so it's kind of sad. Rice composed the novel shortly after the death of her young daughter Michelle, who actually inspired the character Claudia. Um, and, again, more inspiration. Um, Lestat is actually based on her husband, Stan Rice, and they have the same birthday, November 7th. Um, and then, believe it or not, Anne Rice actually wrote Lestat in the 1976 novel uh, with Rutger Hauer in mind. Do you know Rutger Hauer? No idea who that is. Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think. Buffy the Vampire Slayer might be something you, you would I've know. I've heard of it. haven't oh, seen it. Okay. Uh, he's in a you lot are of a big vampire guy. Well, that's just that's just a random. No, are you a True Blood fan? I did watch True Blood. Yeah, Twilight. Uh, I've seen the films. I read the books. The books were good. You read t the Twilight books. I did. I did. I liked them. My wife read them and then gave them to me, and I was like, "I'll take. I'll take a look." And I, you know. That is some deep seated research right there to to connect with your students. I mean, that's uh, impressive. I do. I like to. I like to connect with people on many different levels. You know that. <laughs> um. Some other characters that were, or I should say, yeah, a couple other characters. Johnny, or Johnny, John Travolta was actually uh, slated to play the role, but in late 70s, there were a lot of other vampire movies, so they kind of put that kind of on the on the back burner for a while. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Classic actor. Can, great. Can you imagine? He was actually given the part, but backed out a few weeks before hmm. filming began. Can you imagine him being in that? I mean, I don't know. I to me, he's one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah, so. it seems like every film that he's in, he wins Best uh -huh. Actor for it on um, the Academy Award. Um, and uh, Johnny Depp and Tom Hanks were both offered the role, but turned it, but turned it down. Okay. So then, upon learning that Tom Cruise had been cast, Rice was livid and stated Cruise could not carry the part, calling the casting so bizarre, it's almost impossible... To imagine how it's going to work, Rice recused herself from the production and did not view the film until a until until a producer sent her a VHS copy. VHS, talk about a blast from the past, right there. Yeah. Rice was so impressed by Cruz's performance that she wrote him a letter of apology. And again, I, I think people underrate him as an actor just because he's a little shorter. He's great. Mm -hmm. The movie is in memoriam to the River Phoenix. To River Phoenix, who was supposed to play Slater's role but died days before his shooting began. And then Slater donated his $250,000 salary to two of Phoenix's favorite charities. I mean, River Phoenix was amazing yeah. as a, of an actor. I mean, that, that was a big loss. Uh, luckily, we got Joaquin. Um, all of the uh, actors. I mean, Commodus? Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, all the actors playing vampires, um, believe it or not, were required to hang upside down for up to 30 minutes at a time during the makeup application so that all the blood would be would rush to their heads and uh, blood vessels in their faces would bulge out. Gosh, that just sounds miserable. Isn't that creepy? Um, uh, to add to like the challenge of makeup, Tom Cruise spent three and a half hours every day in the makeup chair. Wow. That's, that's dedication. Yeah, and then the first film production to be given, this was the first film production to be given permission to close down two lanes of traffic on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, there's not a lot of scenes from that, but it's one of the it's one of the final scenes of the film as they're kind of hmm. as as they're driving as as the stats driving off into the sunset over the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, Kirsten Dunst Dunst actually shared her first on-screen kiss with Brad Pitt in the film, and she was only twelve. That's weird. Um, and I think yeah. that she's quoted as saying uh, uh, she thought that he had cooties. Famously, has another famous kiss later on in the first Spider-Man movie. Very true. Um, probably didn't think the same thing about yes. McGuire as far as cooties are concerned. Um, as of 2016, this is the highest rated R-rated vampire movie of all time. Interesting. It's kind of a weird mm-hmm. factoid to give you. But again, to kind of wrap this up, like I think that this film itself is pretty good. I did not dislike the uh, the adaptation. The novels themselves, the entire Vampire Chronicles, are great. I've actually even hooked my uh, 87-year-old grandmother into these uh, about five years ago, and she can't get enough. Nice. So I'm just saying they're for basically everyone. Maybe check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have anything to, to add about our cruise talk today? You know, I'm just so stunned that you read the Twilight books. That's kind of what I keep going back to. I'm just... I just say don't knock it until you've tried it. I've seen the movies, and that's painful enough for me I to mean, do. I mean, can we agree that usually movies are not as good? That is true. I think that is a true fact. Okay. So I think that if you already go in thinking, oh, this is going to be silly and corny, you won't like it. But, it, I mean, it's entertaining. Okay. You know, that's what you're trying to get out of a book or a movie, right? The movies were okay. I mean... My, my pet peeve with the movie is there's a huge battle scene that never happens. Spoiler alert in the final battle. They're dreaming it all, so. Yeah, but that's like actually that's the reason why I kind of liked the last movie because I was like, man, in the book, the most disappointing part was that they just kind of were like, oh, we're gonna have this big conflict. No, let's not. Maybe later. Yeah, you know, again, here we're we're spinning off into a Twilight podcast. Talk about nerd is a new cool right there. We're, yeah. Well, I don't know if I would consider this this cool, but yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Nonetheless, <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. Let's so, get to nerd. Outreach. A nerd outreach. So. so we have thank yous. Thank you to Clayton High School and also to the Heatley Bros for our intro music, which is in our information bio on SoundCloud. As usual, I want to thank my wife and daughter. I love you guys. It's very nice. You always do that. And uh, I sound like a heartless person for not <laughs> thanking anyone in my family. Jan will understand, I think. Yeah, she wouldn't like that anyway. Um, yeah, uh, Josh kind of went through it real quick this is the first time we actually added intro music so if you go back and listen to any of our previous episodes you'll you'll find some some hip hip nerdy uh intro music hopefully you like it give us some feedback um and as if, if you have any other uh, future show suggestions or suggestions in general maybe we talk too much about things or ramble who knows whatever they are send them in via email to uh nerd is new cool podcast at gmail.com 
or you can tag us on any of the socials with hashtag nerd is the new cool podcast. Okay. Some other ways to contact us. You can like or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at nerd is a new cool podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at nerd is the new CO two. And you can listen to us on SoundCloud at nerd is a new cool podcast. Yeah, we've got some fun new graphics up there. We're really trying to make this super fancy. Yeah, I think you you could start looking for us more of an online presence here coming up very soon. So. Yeah, so look forward to that, and we look forward to our next show. And thanks again. Yeah, let's go Blues. All right, so. bye-bye.